Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. I'm Christine, your host. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our series on the wind. Here's Pastor Geshom with today's message. Hi church, it's a joy and a privilege to meet with you again in this church online experience and I'm really honored to bring God's word to you. Over the last four weeks, we've been going through this entire series called The Wind. We are going to go into the final part of the series of The Wind called Consumed. Even as we conclude the series, I would just like to recap and go through what we've already seen. We've seen the Holy Spirit as the one who is essential for us. We've seen the Holy Spirit who empowers us. Then we went on to see the Holy Spirit as his violent wind. When he comes in, he disrupts every area of our lives. And because of that, we saw the church grow. And oftentimes when we allow the Holy Spirit, that violent wind to come into us, we see him disrupt so many areas in our life. He just doesn't leave us to be still. He changes us. And last week we saw that the Holy Spirit is the one who breathes life into us. And that same Holy Spirit also gives us rest, comfort and strength in what he's called us to do. Even as we come to the last part of the series, I've titled it as Consumed. Because I feel today we need to be consumed by the Holy Spirit. Another word for consumed is devour. When we say consumed, he comes in and he fills us. He takes every part of us. And if you're not consumed by the Holy Spirit, we'll notice that we actually really don't know whether he is still in our hearts. And every time our prayer would be, Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit, fill us with the Holy Spirit. When we ask the Holy Spirit to consume us, we will be in an assurance that he is in us, he's working amongst us. I came across this popular quote. Uh, It's pretty much very popular on Pinterest. And it goes on to say, what consumes your mind controls your life. And I'm reminded way back in 2002, 2003, when I just had, uh, I think I was in second year college, when this entire TV show of 24 was very popular. And uh, I think I was a couple of seasons late and and I couldn't stay focused in anything else because I felt like I was missing out so much on not what, watching what ne- what the next episode was. To a point that that when that year's episode released, I was so anxious. I was so, you know, and I figured out later in life that I was so consumed by such uh, TV series, probably because of all the events that happened with the 9-11 and all that. I was so consumed by the series. But the more I looked into it, I figured that I wasn't able to do anything else with giving 100% attention. I figured that that, what I was consumed by literally controlled me. I was anxious to watch the next thing. I was anxious to, you know, to make sure that I didn't miss out on anything. So today, what is it that consumes us? Today, we are at 2020. And my question to you is, what is consuming you? Because what consumes us controls us. We are in the middle of a pandemic. We are in the middle of seeing police brutality. We thought it was far away till it actually this week it was so close to us today we are seeing injustice happen in so many forms around us what is consuming us are we consumed by fear are we consumed by the fact that if i don't give my best at work they might lay me off am i consumed with you know being in four walls am i just consumed and going down this uh this dark hole of, you know, just feeling depressed? Am I consumed with selfishness where I'm just thinking about just myself or just my family? Am I consumed with, 
just things that involve me and nothing else around affects me. Because eventually what consumes us controls. And Satan time and again distracts us with so many other things that can consume us easily. Today, by nature as human beings in a globalized world, we are all consumers. We are so clear as to what we want to consume. If I have to ask you what ecosystem you want to subscribe to today, you would say, I would prefer the Android ecosystem or the Mac. We, we have so many preferences. We are all consumers. We, we are so tuned to getting the next thing. But when we are consumed by the Holy Spirit, as you saw in that video, you saw so many people who actually were consumed by the Holy Spirit who couldn't stay alone in that one place. They moved on. They moved on to do bigger things. They moved on to do God things. God wants us to do the God things. Time and again, the markets are going to bring so many things out for us to be consumed by. But they are all temporary. The word of God clearly says, these all will pass away. So what is it? Where is our heart at? What are we really working towards? Even as we step into this last part, can we open our hearts and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come and have a way. Let me have a fresh revelation in my life so that I can set aside everything and allow you to consume me completely. When we are consumed by the Holy Spirit, we are completely transformed. I want to take our attention to the life of Saul from the book of Acts because there's something interesting here. And all of us can relate to this because so many of us today are consumed by certain things in our life. When we encounter Jesus, he then allows the Holy Spirit to work in our everyday life. And that brings about transformation. Reading from Acts chapter 7 verses 54 to 60, it goes on to say, When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. The reason why I've taken this passage is to show the former life of Paul. He was called Saul then and he was this young man who had so much of energy. He was so good in the Jewish laws. He studied under Gamaliel. He studied, he had all the references. He had done his, he, he was well educated. He was well informed. And at the same time, he was a religious guy. He wanted to persecute the followers of Jesus. We see that he was there at the stoning of Stephen. Before that, even I would encourage you to go and read Acts 7 uh, and the verse chapter before that, Stephen gives this entire speech in front of the Sanhedrin. He talks about who Jesus really is and how he is the real Messiah. This guy who was out to get the Jews who followed Jesus Christ had this hatred in his heart. He was consumed by hatred. There was nothing else that he was consumed by. Hatred to make sure that the name of Jesus doesn't spread anywhere. And it's on that road when he was heading towards uh, Damascus, he had got permission to go and attack other followers of Christ is where Jesus found him. In Acts chapter 9 verses 3 to 6, it goes on to say, As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. 
Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. I'm going to read further on verses 15 to 18. It goes on to say, But the Lord said, Go for Saul is my chosen instrument. He's talking to Ananias the prophet to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. It was an unusual encounter. And that's unique about Jesus. He will meet you at the point of your need. When you're most vulnerable, Jesus meets you at that point. Saul had his heart consumed with hatred. Jesus meets him there and asks him, why are you persecuting? And he goes back to Damascus. He's seated there. God uses another man of God called Ananias to come and actually pray over him. And this guy is having his own doubts because he knows if he goes there, if he prays over him, he might be the next person who's getting stoned. But God goes on to tell him, hey, I have a different mission for Paul. I have a different mission for him. He is going to be my carrier of good news to the Gentiles. I love how it says, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. It goes on to say after that, he stayed in Damascus for a while. He learned and then after that, he started preaching in the synagogues about telling who Jesus really is. That encounter that he had with Jesus transformed him. So today, are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life, to consume you, so that you can be transformed to what God's calling you to be, wherever it may be? We are in the middle of a global crisis right now, of a pandemic. Middle of last year till the start of this year, Australia was experiencing another devastation, which was called the bushfire. Fire that started off in one place started consuming and it just kept growing and going and going, occupying everything that was on its way. It didn't stop. The winds were strong. There were, there were strong winds which just carried that away. And in fact, uh, we saw so many clips. We saw clips of, you know, animals which actually so many animals which lost their lives. So many people lost their homes. As I was preparing, I started reading about these bushfires and I could see that there are certain instances as to how these bushfires are started. One instance of how the bushfire is started is it's probably can be man-made where someone lights something and forgets or, you know, certain uh, electric poles cause certain form of, um, you know, a short circuit and a man-made uh, bushfire can start. But oftentimes the bushfire that starts is of natural reasons. This fire that is caused is because it happens in dry patches. And when it happens in dry patches, it just, with the wind, it just gets carried away. It starts consuming everything that's in front of it. As you read through history, the aboriginals used to actually intentionally cause man-made bushfires so that it clears ground and so that they are able to see their enemy or they're able to cover certain ground or they have certain view so that the entire thicket of all that's grown there will actually go off. One of the trees that actually survives a bushfire is the eucalyptus tree. And in fact, a lot of geologists have said that, you know, the very nature of these eucalyptus tree causes the bushfire to burn even more stronger. So what happens is when there are thick flames around the eucalyptus tree, the bark of it actually peels off and falls to the ground. The oils of 
the bark actually causes the fire to grow and not stop. In fact, it increases, it intensifies. And so eventually what happens is these eucalyptus tree actually aid to the bushfire and causes more damage. There's something beautiful that also happens at this is that as the entire tree gets consumed by fire, the seeds that are there, actually with the heat, they open up. And when they open up, they actually thrive on this burnt soil. So what they say is, geologists say is, that as these bushfires are happening, the only tree that actually grows over the next three years or four years to its full length and flourish as well are these eucalyptus trees. And it got me thinking, oftentimes our encounter with Jesus is like that spark. If I had to ask you to actually go back to that very day, that very moment when you gave your life to Christ, when you made that conscious effort to say, Jesus Christ, you're the Lord and Savior of my life. Can you fill me? You would have noticed that he would have actually ignited a spark. He would have ignited a spark and that would have been burning as you read God's word, as you, you know, fellowshiped amongst believers within a church or, you know, as you, as you interacted more about who Jesus is and what he's done for you and you listened to more of what God's people were saying, the fire that actually got ignited just actually starting to grow. But when the Holy Spirit comes in like a wind, he will fan into flame. He will make sure that he blows and grows that. And today, it's all on us whether we will allow that same Holy Spirit to consume us. Because when we allow him to fan into flame, what happens is he not only consumes our heart and everything in it, but he also changes us. He transforms us. So a Saul could be turned to a Paul. It happened because the Holy Spirit was living within him had transformed him. Transformed him inside out. His worldview, just imagine... One day you're known as a person to hate Christians and the next day you're a lover of Jesus Christ. How is that possible? Views don't change. Our convictions don't change. But when our convictions have to be moved from death to life, when it involves us from seeing ourselves as not just a sinner but being redeemed, when it comes down to us not being held down by the yoke of sin but to find hope and redemption in Jesus, that transformation happens only when we are consumed by the Holy Spirit. So today I would ask you, are you willing to be consumed by the Holy Spirit so that transformation can happen in your life? Transformation not for people around. Transformation not for your spouse or for your family. Transformation for Jesus. Because when he transforms, he will start explaining to you what you must do. He will change you inside out. That's why following Christ is not an outwardly thing. It's very much an inwardly thing. You can follow Christ and automatically whatever he works in and through you is seen in the way you react outside, the way you do things outside. And oftentimes Christ is glorified when he is transforming us inside out. The second thing is when we are consumed by the Holy Spirit, we are aware of what role we play in the kingdom. When we are consumed by the Holy Spirit, he will lead us to the place where we have to do what we have to do so that he will be glorified. Even as we look from the life of Paul, we see that he waited year on year till he actually started his missionary journey. There was a time when the Holy Spirit had worked so much in him till he would actually go and strengthen and evangelize and be in certain places and build churches in those places. So today, are we willing to play our role in God's kingdom? 
Paul writes this beautiful passage in 1 Corinthians, which I would love to read from 1 Corinthians 12, where he encourages everyone to see this picture of how we are this one big body. Paul goes on to say that we are all part of this one big body and we play delicate roles in this body. Can we read from 1 Corinthians 12? It goes on to say, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Moving on to verse 22, it goes on to say, In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the most honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. I'm repeating verse 27 again. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Today, just because I'm in front of a camera, I'm not favored or I'm not in a position of importance within this body. I take the same importance as the person who's actually being an online prayer host or who's probably welcoming someone in church or the person who's actually taking the phone to make a phone call and check up on someone else or the person who's quietly praying beside their bed for the members of our church. Everyone is important. Just because someone is not seen, we can't discount them. It's so important because within the four walls of a church, over the years, we've actually elevated certain roles and made it more important. Paul's mission was very clear. When he got transformed by the Holy Spirit, it, his mission was to go and speak to the Gentiles, to tell Gentiles that there is a Savior, there is a Messiah. He was clear. And so if you see the entire journey of Paul, he always was about encouraging elders. He built them. He encouraged them. He went on. And if he felt that they were doing something or they struggled in something, he immediately wrote a letter. And so here he's written to the Corinthian church to say, hey, just don't give importance to just a few, select few. Everyone is important. Uh, last week, um, my friend on his Instagram story had put up uh, on um, a particular thing he had worked for. Uh, he's a filmmaker with Hillsong and he had put up this entire service that they were doing called Heart for the House. And it, it looked very nice from uh, a filmmaker point of view. And so I was just going through the post and then I just clicked and I went on to the service to watch it. And there, Pastor Brian actually says this quote, which he oftentimes tells into the life of the church. He says, the church is not built by the talents of few, but by the sacrifices of many. So today, when we are actually part of God's kingdom and when we strive and when we do anything with regard to the church, it's actually because we love God that we are doing. We are doing it so that the body of Christ, that is the global church, will be glorified. It's not, oh, our church will be glorified. Our church will get a better place. No. We are doing it so that Christ's name will be glorified. And we are all waiting for that day when we can see him face to face, when he can be united with his bride. And he goes on to say this beautiful illustration. All of us love music. Some of us love classical music. 
And so when you see this orchestra, you'll see around 60 to 70 people play together. And then there's this conductor who conducts the entire orchestra. And you have certain soloists who actually have certain key elements to play. And they are probably really good in what they do. But you also have, amongst the violinists, you'll have around 20 violinists. You'll have a lot of other people who are actually playing their own part. The beauty of the music is seen only when it's played together. When it's played together in time, in rhythm. So the person who's playing the first chair is important. He might get a solo. He might get to stand up and play or he might be featured. But the supporting people, the people in the second chair, add to the body of the music. They build it up when it has to be built. They, you know, quieten down when a particular part of the music has to be really impressed on, you know. So when we look at this, everyone has to play their part. And sometimes we always aim for that stage or we aim for that platform. But can we get comfortable with the fact that, Holy Spirit, you're transforming me. If my job is to come and serve in just welcoming people, or if my job is to, you know, come and be a prayer host, or if my job is just to come and give a hug, or my job is just to edit a video or put a social media post or do something, will I be able to take second chair in what you're calling me to do? It's a struggle. For all of us, it's a struggle. Today in this world of social media, we our constant struggle is we are trying to project, we are trying to create a platform, we are trying to do everything so that we will be seen. But today when we are consumed by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will move us in such a way that Jesus is seen in everything that we do. And oftentimes it might look like us taking a back seat. Oftentimes it might be us quietly doing what he's called us to do. So today I want to encourage you, for those of you who have already been transformed and consumed by the Holy Spirit and who are still praying quietly for people around you, continue on. Keep doing it. For those of you who are writing songs and giving it out to the church, global church, keep doing it. For those of you who are going and doing those hospital visits and cooking and giving food for the sick and for the people hurting around you, keep doing it. Because it's as important to a person like me who's probably standing in front of a camera and talking. When we are transformed by the Holy Spirit, we know what our role is in God's kingdom. And we can get secure in it because the Holy Spirit is working. We are consumed by the Holy Spirit. He's the one who affirms us. He's the one who makes us secure. So can we be confident in that? The third thing is when we are consumed by the Holy Spirit, we become discerning in every step. I don't know how many of you have realized but the more I listen to the Holy Spirit, there's a certain amount of His timing that I'm dependent on. Today, we watched the video right before service, the Pentecost video. We call it the Pentecost video because we were supposed to release it four weeks back. But for some reason, some reason which, you know, we can't even pinpoint and say this is the reason. We can't. But today is when we felt ready to actually play that video. And so... Are we willing to actually be consumed by the Holy Spirit and wait on His timing and His direction? And if we are actually consumed, He'll actually tell us what step to take, what step not to take. Today, we are in the midst of a pandemic. We need to be consumed by the Holy Spirit because we don't know what to do the very next day. For those of us who are actually struggling, God, what investment should I do? You need the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one who can actually direct you what to do. Our earthly wisdom is so limiting. 
when we are consumed by the holy spirit he will give you discernment and direction looking at paul's life again from acts 16 verses 6 to 9 next paul and silas traveled through the area of phrygia and galatia because the holy spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of asia at that time then coming to the borders of mysia they headed north for the province of bithynia but again the spirit of jesus did not allow them to go there so instead they went through mysia to the seaport of troas as we read through paul's life these are some instances which we might tend to overlook but they are important because the holy spirit had a clear direction as to what had to be done are we willing to stop when the holy spirit tells us to stop it's very important it can happen only when we are consumed by the holy spirit honestly i would have loved for the video to be put on the day of pentecost because according to my uh, social media marketing it would have had much reach more people would have seen it i would have got a lot of messages saying you've done a great job but when i'm consumed by the holy spirit i know that when we do it according to his timeline his purpose is achieved his plans are achieved i'm reminded uh, back in 2013 when we had gone to study in the us we were part of a church a local church called the oaks church and uh, we planted ourselves there for that year and uh, our pastor at that time was pastor scott and uh, it was right in time of easter and for all those of you know easter is the big weekend uh in the life of the church because that's when you can invite many people who don't know Jesus to come into church and to know who Jesus is and to find that he's a risen savior and so the church actually had done this entire build up towards easter even as we entered the hall that day the stage looked half done he got up on stage his characters he's vibrant he's highly energetic and he get you know he moves around the stage but this day he just took the chair he sat down and he said church i'm sorry but i don't think we're going to do the easter production because i strongly feel the holy spirit is not in it and he went on to say he said i need to ask for repentance because we he said he and his team thought that they were doing something good they thought it was something great they had thought it was something really innovative you know and it's a good tool to bring many but as he was preparing for it the holy spirit convicted him and he took that bold step to say you know what you're not going to do this and the entire series changed over the next couple of weeks there towards repentance and asking direction from the holy spirit and i it strongly etched in my heart because it would have looked good on social media or looked good on photos there would have been a superb production but he was so sensitive to the fact that the holy spirit is not in it and he was willing to let go so today even as we conclude this entire series are we willing to let go of the things which the holy spirit is not part of because many a times if you look at it we cannot be consumed by the holy spirit and say he is part of everything when you are consumed by the holy spirit only his word when you read his word his revelation that he gives makes sense it will bring a lot of clarity and often times you will have to drop all the pet theories that you're believing around the forwards that you get when you're transformed by the holy spirit you'll get discernment as to what to believe and what not to believe when you allow the holy spirit when you're consumed by him 
he'll give you direction he'll say geshom don't take this step don't take this project it's not for you but with my worldly eyes if i'm if i have a wrong intention if money is my focus or if you know i feel like this would actually catapult my social media influence or the influence that i have in this particular area i might be in for a rude shock because the holy spirit was not in it today is there something that he's actually asking you to really let go so that your marriage can survive today as a parent is the holy spirit asking you to actually to be less consumed by your kids but be more consumed by the holy spirit so that you can speak the right words into their lives so that you can be in the right timing and in the right instances of their life so that they can see and you can navigate and help them navigate through life today is the holy spirit actually asking you to not make that investment or to make an investment where you're holding back because in your worldly eyes it doesn't make sense what is it that the holy spirit is asking you today or today probably you're like contemplating between taking a job and letting go of the current job that you're working ask the holy spirit for direction because if he is in it he will direct you and he will show you what to do when we are consumed by the holy spirit it starts with little steps we don't take giant leaps we take little steps when we are consumed by the holy spirit he changes us first the change that happens as we heard even last week is he changes your understanding of god's word he starts revealing his mysteries to you and so even today my encouragement is that when we allow the holy spirit to consume us he devours that selfishness that greed the love for things over people or the love for self over people the holy spirit will change us inside out and when he changes that people outside will be like hey you know what you look different you you sound different what you speak makes sense i've never heard this from you this is what will happen and that's when it will be a open door for you to share who jesus is and what he's doing in your life god will use every broken part of you to shape and share his story are you willing to be consumed by the holy spirit so that he can allow you to share if you look at paul's life that transformation that happened he knew what he was called to do as part of the kingdom he knew which part he actually filled and he did it faithfully he was beaten he was laid uh, outside the city walls half dead he was thrown there he was imprisoned but still he persevered at the end of it he could write saying i've run a good race that only happens when you're consumed by the holy spirit because he puts your heart at rest he puts it at peace knowing that this is what you're called to do you're not fluttery oh i haven't got my appreciation or i haven't got my you know promotion i haven't got no god will use you will trust his perfect timing some of you who are probably watching are like you know what i want this holy spirit but before you actually ask for the holy spirit to come and fill your life you need to acknowledge and know who jesus is for those of you who don't know who jesus is i would love for you to actually invite jesus into your heart jesus came down to earth as a sinless person he was amongst us he died on the cross for our sins he knew no sin what is sin sin is something that we did which separated us from god where we couldn't have that relationship jesus came down and he bridged that gap his death on the cross was an act where he paid his blood actually ransomed us it redeemed us so that we can have this relationship with him 
and he just didn't die but on the third day he rose again we believe in a risen savior we believe our sins are forgiven we believe that he's coming back again so that we'll be united with him so that we can see him face to face and we can live and spend eternity with him so even if you are there and say you know what i don't know this jesus but i want this jesus i would love to extend this opportunity and ask you to invite jesus into your heart can you just repeat this prayer after me dear jesus thank you for coming into this world i know i am a sinner and i need you i believe you died on the cross for my sins i believe your blood has cleansed me i believe on the third day you rose again and right now i accept you into my heart i ask you to be the lord and savior of my life in your most holy name we pray amen amen thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes if you like what you are hearing consider rating us subscribing and even sharing it with friends that would really help us for more content from we are zion and to connect with us go to weazion.in remember whoever finds jesus finds life